pipeline which links Algeria to Italy via Tunisia. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat with uh, Ada Wong and me, Jim Gould. And on this morning's uh, Back Chat programme, uh, we're going to be uh, looking at the position of Chief Secretary, the number two in the government. That's following uh, John Lee's uh, resignation in order to stand for Chief Executive. And uh, currently there's no successor or acting successor having been named, which is a rather unusual situation. Um, we have uh, two guests with us uh, for Back Chat this morning. Uh, we're going to hear in a moment from John Burns, Emeritus Professor and Honorary Professor of Politics and Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong, and also Fred Lee, a political consultant and uh, former lawmaker. Um, there is a message on our Facebook page uh, from listener TC. Perhaps I can read this out to get us into the uh, discussion. It says... Um, uh, since the principal accountability system, the role of chief secretary has become something similar to the US vice president. What real responsibility does the chief secretary have anyways? My recollection is that they've been assigned projects that the CE doesn't want to touch, e.g. Captain Clean for Donald Jung and 2017 constitutional reform for uh, consultation for Carrie Lam. The current government can continue to function without a CS until the end of its mandate. Thanks for that, uh, TC, on our Facebook. Uh, um, John Burns, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us uh, on the programme uh, again. So, um, we don't have a Chief Secretary at the moment. Uh, is that going to affect the operations of the government? Uh, no, I don't think it is. Um, you know, we, the, the office of the Chief Secretary and the Financial Secretary is over 500 people. So the day-to-day -day administration of the sorts of things that the Chief Secretary does won't be affected, I believe. The, the uh, Chief Executive, Carrie Lam, has said she's done the job before. She could step in if needed. Um, and also, you know, she could assign other people for those things that the Chief Secretary should do. I'm not a lawyer, however, and it occurs to me that if the chief secretary is sued during this time, who is legally responsible? Um, so for accountability's sake, I understand why there should always be an acting chief secretary or acting for any position. Uh, the chief secretary has a coordinating function. I mean, so, what, so would you expect that what uh, uh, the chief executive Carrie Lam would do that by herself now? She, I mean, according to our system, she's the head of the steering committee, come command center, which has been overseeing this. Uh, you know, our struggle with COVID. Um, he, the the chief secretary's office. Um, was put in charge of some coordination functions recently. I would imagine that the um, chief executive could continue coordinating. I don't anticipate that this part of it is going to be a problem. Mm. Uh, Fred Lee, what's your take? Um, I, my, I, my, my perspective is you know, politics comes first. 
you know, those coordination things, chairing the West Kowloon uh, Cultural Committee things, they are not really a big deal. So no, no chairman for that meeting for one or two months, no problem. The question is, the basic question is, who will be the next CE in July? So only two more months to go. You pick up someone acting the CE, and then um, after the first, this term over, and this acting CE will continue or next one. So I think this is the major question. And, and the most important of all, you look at the past history, those who are taking the position CE, uh, most likely they will join the game of uh, chief executive uh, election. You look at the Henry Tang, you look at, uh, you know, uh, 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 Carrie Lam herself, right? Carrie Lam, right. right. So you look, look at this like a, like a preparing, the post preparing for you to run the election. So this key position, so important at this moment, I don't think that our central government, China in Beijing, uh, have any idea who will become the, the, the next the election candidate. I mean, after John Lee's five term, uh, five years term, you no. Know? So I think that at this moment, anything is not unusual. All the unusual things becomes normal now. So as uh, 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 yes, Professor Burns. Yeah, I, I of course I agree. This is uh, very political, but I do. Th- I think they do know who they want, and the name that Carrie Lam gave them as acting was not who they want. I think they're very clear about who they want. Um, we just don't know it yet. Okay. Well, um, you know, as our listener TC said, um, it uh, you know the importance of the chief secretary's office. Uh, has been reduced after the political appointee system because all the uh, bureau uh, chiefs, the secretaries, they they are politically responsible. So although the chief secretaries uh, serve as supervisors, you know, according to the organizational chart, all the non-financial bureaus like transport and housing, labor and welfare, food and health, you know, the secretaries are actually taking the political position. Right, yeah. Professor Burns. So w- perhaps we, we yeah. don't actually need a chief secretary in the next term. Maybe that is uh, uh, paving the way uh, for it. Uh, actually, this, uh, I, you know, under COVID, one of the huge deficits of this government has been coordination. Coordination, you know, between social work, between the medical people, uh, resulted in this... Um, this fifth wave being much worse than it needed to have been. And so I think let's not underestimate the importance of coordination. Yes, we've got all these silos, we've got all these secretaries, but they don't speak to each other. So we need coordination. Now, was it done well? Probably not. You know, this this is the problem. Did John Lee coordinate well? Um, or Matthew Jung before him, um, during uh, the, especially during the fourth and fifth wave, probably not. So it needs to be done better. But I don't think we should underestimate the importance of coordination. It's uh, key here. Um, but Fredly, yes, but yes, unfortunately, Fredly, look at Carrie Lamb. You know, Carrie Lamb for the last five years, mm-hmm. such a you know so-called overwhelming strong leadership. She is hand on everything, you know. So 
suppose the coordination work of the CE, uh, I mean, I mean the CS, and she, you know, put her hand in. So look at actually Matthew Matthew Jiang doesn't do anything at all. You know, uh, she, he just go for uh, ceremony opening, cutting his cutting, you know, all the things. You know, uh, yeah. the and, former chief secretary. Matthew yeah, the Jiang, former yeah. chief secretaries. You know, is is really is really nothing really. Uh, constructive because Carrie Lam put her hands in everything, you know, and so, so that's the problem of CS. So the next CE, I don't know John Lee, you know, I don't know him personally. I, I don't know whether he's still the same so strong character. She, he he wants to put her hands in uh, all social policies, you know, and if that's the case, then CS is also a position doesn't really there's an email here from our listener, uh, John, says uh, uh, leaving the post of chief secretary vacant is very wise. The decision on who to recommend should be that of the new uh, chief secretary, for he she needs to be a partner with the chief executive in getting policy implemented. The chief secretary in government is equivalent to a chief operating officer in a business. If I were a chief executive, I would choose a chief secretary from outside the civil service with experience of running large organisations and a record of implementing change. Uh, many can see that uh, changing the civil service, revitalising it and bringing uh, to it to the modern age is essential if Hong Kong is to move forward confidently into the next decades. It's an objective that's uh, unlikely to be implemented successfully by a person already within the civil service. Um, Fred Lee, do you think, uh, do you think um, uh, John Lee, um, if he becomes uh, chief executive, which uh, obviously everybody ex expects that he will, um, is, do you think he's going to have a focus on reforming the civil service? I mean, he's, talk, he's talked about a, a results-oriented approach to management. As I said, I don't know this person. I just read from the newspaper and media how he responded, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's really critical on his own personality, whether, as, as Carrie Lam, you know, take up a position five years ago, she openly, openly promised us that she would have a humble heart to, you know, to perform the CEO position. But my, I was disappointed. He does, she doesn't have a humble heart. And I don't know whether John Lee has the humble heart, because that is very important. If a, if a leader, the, the, the highest leader, think he or she can do anything, Superman or Superwoman, that would be a disaster for Hong Kong. But surely uh, civil service reform uh, should be a key topic, and also uh, maybe uh, the dominance of the administrative officers might dwindle a little bit. Uh, and. And I guess, um, you know, that the chief secretary position now uh, could have been taken up by somebody who is not an AO, um, but um, because there's only two and a half months to go, so perhaps, um, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see until July to see who will be the next chief secretary. Um, Professor Burns, uh, what, what, what do you think will happen to the AOs in, in the next um, term? Actually, I completely agree. The central government has already put on the agenda the need for civil service reform, and it has criticized our AOs in the past, especially for their lack of patriotism, 
and um, lack of understanding of the mainland and things like this. So I think the kinds of reform that they would like to see in the civil service may not be the kind of reform that the your listener um, was talking about. I, I definitely think that this will be it's on the central government's agenda, whether or not it is on um, John Lee's. And so the AOs, I think, have been put on notice that they, their time perhaps is um, over. Um, and we can expect that, I would say, that the appointment of the acting chief secretary could come one or two days after May 8th. So it would be early, and it would be the person that the central government will have here, and it could be somebody from the discipline services, because actually uh, security, uh, uh, law and order, are the uh, most important priorities of this government. Um, and that's what, the, that's what we're being told when, with John Lee's name being put forward. Just for the benefit of our listeners who may not be aware, so AO stands for Administrative Officer, which is a, a senior grade in the civil service. The, the AOs are in some ways uh, the backbone of the civil service, um, 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 holding uh, senior positions in various departments. But um, John Burns, how would you think that uh, John Lee's approach is going to be uh, different from Carrie Lamb's? Well, as Fred um, Carrie Lamb said that she was going to connect to the people and listen to the people. And look what happened. Now let's take John Lee. John Lee has said on the one hand that he wants to focus on results. And I think this is refreshing um, to, to hear this. But then we have to, we have to say, well, what does, what does this mean? How do you measure results? And if it's the simplistic way that uh, Starry Lee was telling us, oh, the number of bills passed per week by LegCo or something like that, that this won't do it. It's got to be problem solved. So take housing, for example, if we're looking at results. So then you've got to actually reduce the number of people on a public housing waiting list. If you take governance, for example, you've got to increase trust and all these sorts of things, and these are measurable, and the people are measuring all, them all the time. John Lee has also said that he's interested in public satisfaction. Well, that sounds like connect and listen, but if he really is interested in public satisfaction, every quarter we measure this. Chinese University does this, the PORI does this, and so we can actually see the extent to which his administration which says it's going to focus on results and on public satisfaction, delivers, we can tell. So, um, uh, Professor Burns, when um, a chief executive wants to focus on results, uh, uh, he might um, uh, go do away with due process and with um, justice um, on the way. Do, do you think that will happen? Or, or, or civic engagement or public participation, do you think that will all go away? I certainly hope not. I completely agree with you. There is a reason for the process. The process has a logic, and this is in terms of accountability. So um, they're both important, 
I don't think it will go away. The civil service will be there to remind him 24 hours a day about process, and so will the judiciary, I imagine. So, uh, but it is refreshing to hear somebody say we've got to focus on results, and I hope he means it, or the government means it. This would require a kind of reorientation of the government, not abandoning process. I completely agree with you, because that's important. Civic engagement is important, and if he's serious about focusing on public satisfaction, he must continue. He must improve, actually, Ada, as you well know, improve civic engagement. I have my personal worry about John Lee, because is not coming from AO or from outside. You know, that's the previous CE. And for our AO training, AO training, that's the one I came across for the last 20 years when I was in Mexico. Um, they under some certain training that is benefit them for approaching people, uh, for consultation and know how to make a policy, you know, uh, step by step. But as a disciplinary, John Lee last 30 years in disciplinary, and the only last 10 years in the, in the, in the bureau, uh, in, in the uh, 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 secretary for uh, security or the deputy secretaries. And that's only on the security issues, on the housing, on financial issues. That I don't see any, any he had experience on as a CE. But that's not the real problem. The one, if he can listen, I think the key issue, if you can really respect and listen to other people uh, uh, or his uh, chief, uh, secretary's opinion or respect a different opinion, I think that will be helpful. But uh, we have to wait to see whether he can... Um, really Fred, uh, last Saturday when he, when he gave the press uh, briefing, he did yeah. say that uh, the chief executive has a team. So obviously he is not, um, you know as knowledgeable uh, in financial services matters, um, his um, uh, financial secretary will, will do that job. Uh, he didn't say anything about housing, happen? right? He didn't say anything about housing transport. He said nothing. Well, if he appoints, uh, or the central government appoints, a very uh, capable uh, housing secretary, um, I, I think it's teamwork. Uh, do you think teamwork and yeah, a collaborative that, kind of structure? Hey, you bring up the the key, the key word, teamwork. Carrie Lam doesn't have key teamwork. Even if from the source I have, even uh, CY, CY, uh, the, the, the previous CE. CY Lam. Yeah, yeah CY Lam. He did listen to the, his, you know, secretaries on different subjects. That's what they told yes, me. Yes, right, but we're now uh, talking about John Lee and what can we expect uh, from John Lee's um, administration. Um, now we only have 22% of Hong Kong people trusting the government. Do you think John Lee could raise that number? Um, I, my, my only guess is, you know, if he appear because so far in the media, you know, impression, what he said in the open, is not really impressive. Not impressive. He is not a he is not a person who will feel close and warm, you know, to you. He's a really tough guy. Always a tough guy. Now I think he's tried to change his uh, image because CE you can't be really always a tough guy. You, you you say you go to the community to connect with the people, especially the the grassroots people. Then you have to forget about the your your being a policeman in the past, 
right? I think that is something he has to do. A couple of messages uh, here from uh, listeners, uh, um, emails to uh, backchat at rthk.hk. Um, this one from Richard says, uh, a good point, Professor. Still haven't seen the CE candidate walking through a wet market or shopping centre to connect with his future public. And uh, Alan writes... Um, the CS used to chair a policy committee which all ministers attended. The idea was that all policies be discussed before promulgation so all could input and be aware of what was going on. Mike Rouse, uh, that's yesterday's co-host, Mike Rouse as an ex-AO could doubtless explain exactly how this worked and what the CS did. Um, <clears throat> uh, John Burns, is that correct? Yes, yes, it's absolutely true, but of course... The CS and FS's role were um, more marginalized as the result of the principal official accountability system in 2003, and this coordination role was supposed to be taken on by the CE directly. Um, has this worked well? I think this is the issue that we are, we are discussing, and probably it has not. Uh, um, coordination is... Uh, very, very important, and this is something that we, COVID, for example, we can see it. But this is something that the government has failed on repeatedly. Whether whether John Lee is going to be able to improve this situation, uh, I don't know. Fred is a bit um, dubious. I'm a bit dubious. I just don't know it. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. if, um, if he, I think, I think another maybe some other critical issue as element is how the Beijing government how he relate how they relate to a Johnny if the, <clears throat> you see the Hong Kong Hong Kong political context already pretty stable because the Communist Party is stability comes first and I'm sure <clears throat> now Hong Kong is very stable for the next decade or what you know we have all the laws and things and and and, and now the political system is really Able, I would say stagnant as well, and so, so I think now is the time the Beijing government how how they expect John Lee, um, if he is the one just take the command to rule Hong Kong, that's too bad, but he can really exercise flexibility and and really listen to different people's opinion. I think that's that's really you know something that we look forward. Okay, a couple of uh, quick uh, emails here on the, on that uh, issue. Uh, Din writes, uh, it seems to me that the new CE will in fact operate as a Hong Kong mayor and fulfil the duties of the chief secretary, leaving all the major decisions to the central government, hence, hence no need to fill the post. And uh, this one from Vic says, uh, with the support of the central government, HKSAR government will be able to function, even if all the key members of the LAM government are missing from work. Uh, asterisk tongue in cheek. Um, but, I mean, there, there is a point there, isn't there, with John Lee's uh, security background, um, if, that, if that gives the central government the confidence that, uh, that uh, security matters um, are t uh, totally under control, um, Perhaps he'll have more more room to manoeuvre, and um, you know, and matters will be left to him. Uh, I've got a view on this. I mean, Fred said that we're now, it's Hong Kong is now very stable, and 
and John Lee has said he wants to focus on long-term stability and law and order. I don't see Hong Kong as being very stable, I have to say. And the, what I point to is the 22% um, who trust the government. You have a huge percentage of the population which is alienated. And an alienated population is not the recipe for stability. So, so stability is not just, you know, you arrest people, you uh, imprison people, and you use the law to, to clamp down on organizations. It, it, it also requires the willing and enthusiastic participation of people. So... If the people part of this is completely ignored, if society is ignored, there's no way that Hong Kong can achieve long-term, long-term stability. Okay. All right. Well, thank you both uh, very much for taking part uh, in this morning's uh, programme. Uh, that was John Burns, Emeritus Professor and uh, Honorary Professor of Politics and Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Thanks very much to Fred Lee, a political consultant and former lawmaker. We've got a couple of minutes left, so I'd just like to return to some listener emails uh, on uh, related to COVID matters. Um, Andrew, uh, talking about the three-day uh, voluntary uh, self-testing exercise from... Um, last Friday to Sunday, says, uh, why were all those who took part not asked to register? This would put the positive results into some kind of uh, useful context. It's not too late to ask the community to do this, from Andrew, making the point that only those who tested positive were asked to uh, register their results. Um, uh, James says, uh, absolutely agree with Mike. Uh, that was yesterday's co-host, uh, Mike Rouse. I could not read the English instructions for self-testing. Uh, not sure of uh, experience with Chinese characters. I live in a remote island village, so grateful for the kit to be delivered to the door. So far, so good. Um, the point was being made yesterday that the instructions were in uh, rather small print and difficult for some people to, to read. Um, Nick says... Uh, has the government done any calculations as to how many residents would be outside Hong Kong at any given time if flights were allowed to operate normally and quarantine on return was scrapped or allowed to be at home? Uh, those who are travelling outside of Hong Kong are not going to catch COVID in Hong Kong nor spread it in Hong Kong, thereby reducing the load on the health system here. I suspect this reduction in cases would outweigh the relatively small number of COVID-positive cases that may creep in from incoming travellers in spite of pre-flight checks. These uh, cases uh, will, in any case, be picked up at the airport, preventing them from entering the community. Um, Alonso says, uh, I apologise for harping on about the government's nonsensical flight ban policy, but with more airlines being added to the Sinbin over the weekend, uh, Turkish Airlines and JAL being the latest two airlines to fall foul, and the government showing no signs of changing tact, one can, can one of uh, RTHK reporters simply ask Carrie Lam the following question? question at her daily press conference. Uh, if airlines are complying with the government's COVID pre-flight testing requirements for, for passengers, why are they being penalised if passengers subsequently test positive on arrival? And uh, one more, uh, Leslie-Anne says, uh, Dear Backchat, why are we still quarantining arriving passengers, even for one week? This is totally ridiculous, given the huge number of current COVID infections in Hong Kong. Quarantine is designed to keep infections out 
so why do we continue to quarantine when we clearly have thousands of cases a day internally? Um, thank you, uh, Leslie, and, and to everybody who wrote into the programme this morning. Uh, thanks to our guests, thanks to our listeners, and thanks very much to you, Ada, for being thank our co-host you, this morning. OK, a quick uh, look at the weather before we go to the news summary and morning brew. Um, it's going to be mainly fine, hot during the day, top temperature around 30 degrees, uh, light winds with relatively low visibility in some areas. The outlook, visibility will